Hello, Mr. Shakman. I hope you're doing well this morning. Yes, morning, Jeremy. Yes, yes, fine. Okay, Jeremy, quick question. Where's the toast? Ah, uh, well, you see, no, 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 please, no, we talked about this, Jeremy, but you'll see, no, Jeremy, I don't see toast, that's what I see, do you understand, yes, sir, good, so, what's the plan, well, I guess I could give him my sandwich, Jeremy, yes, Jeremy, you're dressed in just a loincloth, where is the, no, oh dear God, no, 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 put, put that back. Better to do sandwich? I don't care. Oh, oh God, no, now he's here. Okay, just get, go, get out, get out, get out. <sighs> Morning, boy. Morning, Sheckman? Yeah. Toast? Yeah, yes, yes, trust me, um, you didn't want the, uh, let's call it behind the loincloth special. Not particularly worth it this morning. Toasting design, shaka shaka maka boy. Oh boy. <laughs> what have you? What have you learned this past? Do you enjoy yeah. eating poison, Mister Shekman? You know what? I, I, honestly, I don't. I was reading up an interesting article in in Nature, pretty famous publication. <laughs> yes. Um, are you a fan of uh, rocket? On like sandwiches. Yes. Watercress. Yeah. Wasabi. Oh, on sandwiches? No, I haven't tried that on sandwiches. Okay. Before. Mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Okay. Well, all of those things have one thing in common, in that they are highly toxic to herbivorous insects, insects that eat them. And that's because they're quite smart. In their leaves, they've got something called protoxins in some of the cells, which is like an unlit bomb. Okay. And in the cells, a few cells down, they've got activating enzymes. So if you were to take a rocket leaf and put it in your mouth, it would do nothing. Chew it, you get the little zing from it. Same yeah. with uh, wasabi by itself, nothing. If you could put mustard seeds in your mouth, mustard leaves in your mouth, nothing until you start to chew. Okay. And what's, what happens is the protoxin gets converted into poison and our bodies are able to cope with it. And that is the zing. It's actually oh. our body reacting to it. It's very different to what's in chilies and the, yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of capsicum type stuff. So, so there you go. Um, you know, I, th I was hoping that you'd think poisons and think, what have the third just done now? Um, but they haven't yeah, actually. I mean, yet. I, I hadn't even put together. You gave me a cup of coffee and then happened. Yeah, to I saw you looking because... suspiciously at the bottom of the cup, and it's like, I hope you did drink all of it, Mr. Shekman. Every last drop. I was reading the tea leaves at the bottom. I don't know why the tea leaves in the bottom of my coffee, but sure, they, that's what happened. <laughs> what What are we going to talk about today? Well, it's uh, we've 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 survived the third year project. Yeah. Uh, we've also survived the fourth year project, and. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we've we've covered this in in detail with some topics before, but the mm. students that pick these topics, no names mentioned, <laughs> missed the point. And I think it's because we didn't we basically unpacked the the, the problem. Okay. We didn't actually unpack what the solution actually experiences. And I thought this is quite a useful a useful thing. So it's a tool which I'm definitely going to try and do next year. I've been encouraging students who struggle with you know dynamics to build little models to make it move so they actually can can feel ah it's pushing in that particular direction. Okay. So we're dealing with the body retrieval problems, which yeah, tend to be yeah, like yeah. Uh, we'll actually work on two scenarios during okay. this one. The one is um, an airplane's crashed. Okay. It's relatively intact, but it's sunk. Okay. Uh, it's not that deep. And the other one is an aeroplane crashes also relatively intact, quite high up in the snow and ice okay. on, on, on a mountain. Right. And we're dealing with 
retrieval of bodies. Okay. So we've got a thing where you can't take a U.S. Navy submarine down to this <laughs> thing and then open the doors and, and do that <laughs> yeah. sort of stuff. And it's too deep for divers to go to. Okay. And in terms of this high altitude thing, the slopes and things are way too steep to get helicopters to drop oh, crews to do abseiling, etc. So you, you'll be able to, for the underwater case, maybe have the odd human who's in a you know um got a rebreather and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and for the high altitude thing you might be able to send in bear grills um to basically sure, uh, have, have a look see and, and 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 that sort of thing right what we're going to try and do is put a problem equivalent scenario together well let's just quickly break down it in terms of what is what is currently being done by the students that is wrong in, in these two in these two sort of situations when you look at the forces involved they're missing the point completely. So they're treating it, they're not actually, and let's use the word modeling, they're not modeling yes. the situation in an actual equivalent. Yeah, no. so I'll give you a scenario. You've got a person mm -hmm. that's up at high altitude. Yeah. Let's say it's minus 16 degrees. There's okay. been a little bit of a snowstorm. Okay. This person happens to be on a piece of fuselage where the skin's removed. Okay. They are in their seats, still strapped in, and frozen solid with a whole lot of ice. That's the problem. Good God, yeah, okay. Now, what is involved in solving that problem? That's what they're not thinking of. Yeah. So, what is that? What what is actually required in that case? And for the submerged case, where you've got people in exactly the same thing, seatbelt is on, obviously there's no frozen ice, etc. but you've got um, buoyancy and everything that water yeah, does yeah, for the solution. What happens so to a body that's being underwater for it? So they're, yeah. they're slightly different. So let's start with a high altitude <coughs> thing, yeah. thing first. Um, the, the slope is so steep that there isn't anything reliable that could attach to the, to the snow and ice. We're not sure whether it would cause an avalanche. We are No one's climbed there in 25 years. We really don't know. Yeah. Um, hovering helicopters nearby wonderful hovering a, a person down is 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 crazy yep. there's exposure etc um, if you were to do that so now person is on a rope yep they've got some equipment which we'll need to come up with yes and now the helicopter's hovering let's assume that that is feasible okay. and now they approach this person who's frozen solid to the chair with the seat belt on what is required Okay, I mean, the first thing would be getting to the person. They're, they're, yes. they're, I mean, we can't just assume the whole top of the aircraft fuselage has been ripped Let's off. Let's assume for this first easy case that right there, isn't, the there okay. isn't an access problem from like above the okay. slope or out from the slope. So you okay. could hover directly above. Okay, okay, so the, okay, now, making our lives nice and easy. I do mm. like that. All right, cool. All right, the first thing would be, well, removing any harnesses or anything like that, cutting through this. Right, now, here's the problem. If you've got the seatbelt and the person's wearing nice clothes mm. and it has been snowy yes, and yeah. icy and when when the crash when the crash happened that person was uh, still warm yes okay person has now died because of asphyxiation and the impact and all yeah, that sort of stuff yes, yes, yes. and now it has snowed and iced and now we're a few hours later so the person is down to minus 16 the same as everything okay, else yeah. uh, what what problems are there well that they are glued to that seat i imagine that's right. They're one with the seat. Yeah. And if you unclip the buckle, yes, you could <laughs> you could get your hand in there and use a screwdriver to lever it and get the ice out. That seatbelt ain't moving. 
it's porous. Mm. If there's water, that's let's say your jeans and you've got a canvas strap across the top, they are one. Yeah, They're frozen yeah. together. True. Now, here's the thing. Is that solvable? Yeah, you, you could use a jagged knife and you could cut well, the seat off. You could I'd use take shears. the whole seat with me. That's right. The seat is only held on with four bolts. The seat is made of aluminium. Yeah. Very simple jaws of life. Yeah. You could just bite cut, through cut, it cut, and cut, take cut. the seat out. So what is the minimum mass that we're dealing with? Person plus seat plus, yeah. So heaviest passenger on the aeroplane plus the seat. That's the very worst case and, scenario. And, and any moisture and stuff plus ice. And the amount of ice and crap yeah. on them. Now, which of those solutions could you solve right then and there? Could you like, chip away and get rid of the worst no, of the ice? No, you wouldn't. You're bringing back a half a person. Exactly. Now, that is the, 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 the problem to solve. And that there are some things where a human can do. The yeah. thing that you can do is you can destroy the four legs of the seat and then you're, you're off. And, you might need a crowbar to separate the boots from the floor or something. <laughs> and and we've, we've made an assumption there's a helicopter above us hovering. If, if you watch videos of helicopters at high altitude hovering, They've got limited time. They've got very limited time. So you've got yourself maybe 30 to 45 seconds. The yeah. engines are, even though it's really cold, they're working really hard. They yeah. are overheating. Now, that's the one case. What okay. about the bit where you, there, there is a piece of fuselage covering you over there? What changes? So now I mean, your, your person can land and... I mean, so, so for me, the, the thing I'd start to be looking at is we've already established in the situation we're on a steep slope. Yes. Any disruptions to the aircraft means the aircraft might start to move. Exactly. And that's because the air density has dropped off. And the helicopter's mass and inertia is the same at sea level and yeah. on the moon. However, the aerodynamic forces to control the helicopter, those start to decay as yeah. the air pressure and density decays as well. So that helicopter is... Yeah, anything that you do with it. So let's assume you can't directly access the seat. Okay. So you land on the front of the cabin. We don't know the... So you're going to have to not wobble or anything. Yep. You're going to have to get some slack. And now let's say you have to walk three meters in to get to the same person, same scenario. Would you solve it the same way? Would you destroy the seat, clip the person on somehow, and then dr drag them? H how, would you, how would you do that? Because that's also the thing that the students don't think of. No. How would you solve that one? I mean, to be honest, my, you know, from a, it's not even a worst case situation. You've got a guy that's on a tether attached to a helicopter. He's now gone inside. Yes. That, that aircraft, the aircraft moves and starts slipping down the slope. You're pulling a helicopter with you. Because, yes. or, or you're killing the guys. He's somehow getting dragged through an aircraft. So you might actually say that in terms of a problem solving thing, as soon as the person's down, they unclip they, they in case to. they take the helicopter down. Exactly, yes. yeah. And the helicopter can go and fly around until come back and, and do the, the yes. take again. So it essentially, you're dealing with a different sort of time situation. Well, I, I'd see it as two routes, firstly. Either I'd actually try and move the whole aircraft. Yes. If that's a possibility, look at it. But again, we're... If this the aircraft doesn't just touch down like a helicopter on the ground, no. it's embedded itself in snow and ice and That's stuff right. like that. So, you know, if you're going for a thing, okay, we got to cut off everything of the aircraft that is buried, and then, but if your half your fuselage is buried, it, it's basically a no go. True. So, so, so if if you had this person, so you've decoupled the the, the rescuer for their safety and the helicopter safety. Yeah. All right. Can. Fine. You now walk three meters in. Now, how do you get what we agreed was the, the mass of this thing? Aircraft seats, they're designed to be fairly lightweight, but you've got yourself a frozen, immobile, solid thing. 
if you were to cut the seat things, what 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 do you do? I mean, you've, let's assume there's some snow and ice on the on, on the, well, the cabin floor, and that's assuming that's some. That assuming nothing's got inside, a window hasn't broken, and we've got a snow drift that's coming and frozen half the cabin. Exactly. So let's assume that there is yeah, a way in and a way out. Yeah. Fine. If not, mark one shovel spade. Yeah. You could do that. How the hell do you get the person out to to the thing? What would you need to do? I'm just. You know what, what I'm effectively doing is almost imagining myself going through this sort of situation. Exactly right. You'd think, I need something like a skateboard yeah, or I need a, something to, yeah. A, like a treadmill base that I can literally chop the things and then chuck them over on their side because otherwise I've got four spiky aluminium things. I can't take in replacement wheels because I've got no, no, no. each seat's going to be stuffed up in a yeah. different way. If you get them on their side, you could pull them out. But we're dealing with snow and ice. Things yeah. are slippery. Um, the cabin floor, you could have the carpet lifted up. It could just be sheet metal or, or composite. Um, how, how do you pull this two, 250-kilo thing out that, that's got snow and ice? And you need to solve that problem because un unless you can get that person out to get hooked onto the helicopter, the solution doesn't work. Yeah. And to me, that's the bit that the students kind of leave out. And the, the, pro the problem equivalent scenario is actually just thinking, okay, if I was doing it, what would I have to do? Let's dive into the underwater version for yeah. a bit. Same scenario. You've got a person in their seat. You've got this diver, plus you've got some kit that, that will float them up to the surface or something like that. What what would you need to do? I mean, it's actually, it's almost, a, in some ways, an easy situation. The only thing I'd be worried about a buoyancy in effectively controlling the bodies and, and where they're moving in the cabin. Now, you could safely assume that that's the same rule as the helicopter yes in that you've got some surface retrieval thing but yeah. the person is required to interact with them now the difference underwater is that you can get the clip off yeah but you're dealing with a person and you've now got clothes that are no longer frozen to the body so it will things will be a little bit different in terms of you're not dealing with a solid thing you're dealing with something where the arms might like go <laughs> etc yeah in some ways it's, it's the where it's different is time is a very different situation with your frozen situation up top of the mountain, once they're frozen, things are pretty much set. Yes. You, you pretty much, if I go tomorrow, I'll go the next day, I'm okay. That's right. Underwater, yes. if I go too late, I'm dealing with a very different... It is a very different problem. So time sensitivity is, is different. The other thing is that diver is not under as much time pressure as the high altitude rescuer because the helicopter has got issues yeah. with, with its performance. Yeah, yeah, so in some ways, almost the problem... You know, it. I, you know, you could probably do it with the body stuff. Get the body out, the strap and stuff. Collect the bodies up in some way that they're, they're not being further damaged and get them out. I'm almost seeing that as less of an issue than almost to find the aircraft, get down there as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's almost the problem more than the actual get re retrieve the bodies in a way. Um, the other thing would be. Again, it, it, it's. I don't think the aircraft is much of an issue. If needs be, you, you're looking at cutting away the top of the fuselage to get nicer access and stuff like that. So we're not having to try and go through a door in one of our big um, barometric suits or whatever. Then it's a case of when you take a body up. I mean, you've seen it with those fish that the, the, mm -hmm. the, the bloat and things like that. 
how the hell do we stop that? Right. So with a frozen case, you you you've obviously got quite a lot of let's call it thermal inertia stored yes. in this this yes, person. Yeah. And helicopters, let's be honest, even though they're the slowest of the man-made flying things, they are quite quick. Yeah. So you'd be able to get them down, and you would have shipping containers set yeah, up with yeah. freezing. You'd have that sorted. With the underwater case, and here's the thing where I think this is the the first primary difference. Yeah. Because of the way that water works and the fact that you can apply a buoyant force to it, whereas on a high-altitude mountain, you cannot go into an aircraft fuselage with your helium balloon to help lift because they've got a volume Oh, issue. yes, yeah. But inside a fuselage cabin, if you needed to walk down a row of seats and get a person very carefully up and out, you could use some form of buoyancy control where while they're in their seat, you attach things to their arms yeah, yeah. and their thighs or their knees, and then you release the seatbelt, and this thing stops them drifting up yeah, or, exactly, or whatever. Yeah. But it means that you can like lift them up. You can get the helicopter inside the thing to try and help help move it out. The other, and 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 that's the big issue up on the mountain is that you've only got gravity, yeah, and you've got this heavy, rigid thing that you can't really do anything about, mm. and then you've got the floor issues and access issues. And th- that's why they're definitely not the same. Yeah. But they're, they're each quite complicated to do. And, and for very, very different reasons. Anyone trying to approach, oh, we're going to have a, a one system that does underwater and thing, you, you've, you've not understood any problem. Exactly. And the, the thing is to put yourself into that. That's, that, that, that it, it really is. <laughs> it, it's, even, even if it is a case of first go off and w- watch a, a movie of an underwater diver thing. Watch a movie of yeah. Watch a documentary of that uh, Andy uh, Andy's Andy crash, crash and stuff like that, and and then basically say okay, fine. Imagine yourself you've arrived in this situation. Let, let's say, you know, let, let's ignore the helicopter and stuff like for that for now. You're, you're sitting on the you're standing on this wing. Yeah, how the hell do I get into this aircraft? Okay, can I open a door that's frozen and and there's snow and stuff there? How would I do that? Okay, it, let, let's say the the pilot managed to land the aircraft. Everyone died inadvertently, but the, the fuselage didn't crack, it didn't tear in half or anything like that, it isn't intact. How the hell do I now get inside? And it's the sort of thing of, I find number of students have it where it's just, I'm inside. It's like I'm teleported inside. It's like, yes. how the, but you just got to stop sometimes and actually measure. At some point I've done a, a sort of hand rotating a doorknob sort of thing, but actually I can't do that on an aircraft. How, the, how have I suddenly got inside? That's also, and, and I mean, the, you know, the thing is, it's going to be a freezing cold aircraft skin. You're going to have to be wearing gloves. If you take oh. your, your gloves off, you're going to stick to, to it and <laughs> yeah. get frostbite and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and that's the thing is you have to think of all the different issues with it. And that's why painting the scenario yeah. as a proper scenario and then testing the solution for the person where there is vertical access space versus a person who's in the cheap seats between the engines underneath the T-tail right at the back um, that weighs 350 pounds. That is the set of scenarios that you have to test that the solution works. And the, the underwater case, you know, it, it's almost good to think about if, if I'm designing a high altitude case, what if this was underwater what solutions would work there, yeah. which I oh, might yes. say, oh, yeah. that's given me an idea. And that's why scenario, I mean, we've, we've talked about it before, you know, sort of simulating being in the environment is great. But, um, you know, for me, when you go through the reports of, of how the students have tried to solve it, they didn't they didn't think about what it what it's actually like. I, I've got a, a situation, I mean, we'll, we'll keep it as vague as possible, but I've got a situation in a, in a fourth year project where 
there is a, a weather situation that, that is being dealt with and following the, this weather situation we were helping persons at that particular point and yet all weather conditions thereafter are assumed to be nice, sunny, clear. Solar power is a nice, easy situation. The wind is barely a breeze. <laughs> all, all these sort of things happening. And it's, you've, have you ever like, looked? I mean, yeah, okay, there's, there's the sort of calm after the storm or calm before the storm, I guess you could say, um, that, that happens. But no one's stopping to say that there's a deluge of you, you just had a flood this this parking lot is not open still yeah there, there are shipping containers and there's all sorts of things inside of it all of a sudden that that awareness of that sort of like try to put yourself in that situation means that you end up having it where you're no matter how good your analysis is of your grabbing system that can cut through the aluminium seat in under 0.2 seconds and the hoist of the helicopter can lift 500 tons of seat ice person stuff you couldn't get there in the first place. Yeah, it, it wasn't happening, so it's irrelevant. And and that's where it designs. It's a, it's a GA one fall apart. It uh, is, yeah. Um, so it, it's it's not something you brush to the side. Your your perfect FEA of um, friction stir welding your way through a, a seat um, and to which somehow melts the seat and, and lowers the moisture level just enough that you could lift it up. It, it looks impressive, but that means you're a you know, a, a person that is hired on your team to do that, but you're not a designer. Yeah. I mean, it'd be as crazy as saying, well, we're just going to design a machine that uh, drills into the fuel tank and uses the leftover jet fuel to <laughs> gently fall out <laughs> everyone inside. <laughs> While slowly turning the ice in contact with the fuselage into water so that the thing it just, just slides like, down like a bobsleigh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you just what you do is you get hold of the controls and you re-rig the controls up so you basically just fly the aircraft yeah, you, down you, the you, 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 un, you unbolt the T-tail, you put it upside down <laughs> so it looks like a hydrofoil ski thing. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it happening. And these rescue things, only aircrafts coming down sort of like um, fly and, to the Phoenix style. An inflatable <laughs> ski thing that you put in under the wings and it forms these nice nice pontoons so you can ski down the mountain. Basically, Java, a giant blimp overhead connected and fly the thing back out. <laughs> We're laughing because you should not do this, to no, be 100% clear, please. It is a rabbit hole which has a dragon at the bottom of it. <laughs> yes. Anyway, well, cool. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.